Paul assures us in Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Welcome to Faith to Faith. Here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Braden Enterman. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us on the program again today. It's always a pleasure to have your company. And just as we start the program, we just invite you to bow with us for a word of prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, you are our creator, our redeemer and sustainer. We thank you, Father, that we can receive eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord, that in him we live and move and have our being. In Jesus also we know that he upholds all things that are created by his powerful word, And Father, now as we come before you to learn from you, we just pray for the enlightenment, the illumination of your Holy Spirit. Baptize us afresh, Father, and lead us into all truth is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, all of those listening on the airwaves and us here in in the studio, of course, all have one thing in common, and that is that we are all alive. When we can't, you can't. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it is great to be alive. Yeah, I remember living beside a gentleman that was seventy-two years old and was still running his own business. He had this um, engineering business he was running, and I remember one morning it was a crisp morning out in West Sydney, and um, it was a, f- a fresh morning. And I said to him, as I saw him about at uh, six thirty in the morning, seven thirty, the sun was just starting to you know make it a little bit lighter. Hadn't even come up properly yet. And I said, it's a great morning, isn't it? Great fresh. He goes, every morning above ground is a good morning. (laughs) (laughs) So he was at the age of 72 appreciating every single day as a gift from God. But I want to ask you this, Braden. You know, I've at times tried to set a few records myself, you know, PBs, you know, personal personal best. (laughs) And in life, we know there's a few things we need that is essential for us to live. Obviously, we need to be able to breathe. We need to be able to get liquid into ourselves. We need to be able to eat. And, of course, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and so on, you know, we get wants and needs, but needs, you need shelter as well, shelter and clothing. And then we also need some social interaction and all those things that add to your life. But when you boil it down to the bare essentials, basically you've got oxygen. That's the most essential. You can't live very long without that. Then after that, you have water. You can't live a matter of days, basically, for water. And then the other one of that is food. And it's a matter of weeks for food. And then you'll be dead as well if you don't get any sustenance. The brain needs oxygen. Otherwise, it will die. Now, I've tried to keep my breath. And I've done it a few times where I've been around the two-minute mark, maybe just a little bit over two minutes. And that's been my PB. But have you ever tried anything like that, holding your breath? How long have you been able to hold your breath? Yeah, I had a go. Um, I got around four minutes. Four minutes? Yeah. Well, that's about twice as good as I was able to do it. You must be a very fit guy. I thought two minutes was pretty good because most people say, oh, they struggled to hold it for one minute. So did, did you did you train? I mean, how did you do this? Well, I I was a swimmer. So in ah. in um growing up, I was in the pool from a very, very young age and um, did competition swimming. And so I think that probably did give me a little bit of a um, – Bit of assistance, having a bigger, maybe a bigger lung capacity, yes, and learning how to use oxygen efficiently, especially in a race context. Um, mm. I actually did cheat a little bit. I hyperventilated okay. um, 
for maybe 30 seconds before I started. And so that actually- So what Alpha means that you breathe deeply the whole time <laughs> and then you actually fill your blood, you oxygenate your blood and therefore you can, in theory, hold your breath a little bit longer. That's correct. Because it's all about not starving the brain of oxygen, isn't it? Because you just don't want to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But do you, I mean, have you got any idea who has the world record and how long that world record is for holding their breath? So what I've got down here is there's a guy by the name of Tom from from Germany. And mm. I think in 2012, he held his breath for 22 minutes and 22 seconds. Really? Can people hold it that long? Because normally we're we told if, you know, that if your brain is starved for oxygen for too long, there could be brain damage. Now, these people aren't brain damaged, I assume. They've got some kind of strategy that involves you know, hyperventilating direct oxygen, maybe. I don't know. There's a, a few yeah. different things they do. But they also obviously train themselves, and the body does adapt in regards to the way uses oxygen. I know they can even slow down their, uh, the heart. their heartbeat and all kinds of things. I just say, there's got to be a better hobby, you know? Like, <laughs> like it's just, oh, wow. <clears throat> it's like these um, the free divers that go through the caves. Now, um, I think this this guy you're talking about, Tom Sietta, he's a free diver He's a free as diver. Well. And it's right. just like, I just think, look, it just seems, you know, um, Kicking a ball around just seems like a much better hobby. You know? <laughs> it just seems so extreme. That is true. We've actually got um, another statistic here from a guy by the name of Herbert from Austria. And I think in the same year, he set a record for, um, you know, there's one record he set for 214 meters. And so I, that's unassisted. That's free diving. Free going diving, down. holding your breath, swimming down. And I think he also broke it as well and did maybe around 250 um, from what I was reading. Wow. That's an awful long way underwater. Yes. Um, and just the, the the risk, you know, as you're going down that far, you're constantly repressurizing and the mm. effect on your, your body. What a what a hostile environment. Not not to mention the water gets really cold <laughs> as of well. Of course, yes. And after a few meters, I forgot how many meters it is, but because of the pressure on your lungs and that, it compresses the air and you're no longer buoyant, so you naturally tend to go down. Interesting. So, uh, um, yeah, and for it gets these darker guys in, and colder as you're going down, going further, down further into, further. The, that's into right. the darkness. But that's not really the environment that uh, human beings are made for, is it? No. Like I, I actually, um, when I was younger, uh, a friend of mine, didn't realize what she was doing. We were only very young. And she kind of was on my shoulders in the pool, thought that was a great idea. Mm. And um, I, she wouldn't let go. I, and I, I, was a, I was about to, I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I was wow. under the water. And I took in a bit of water. Yeah. And I just scrambled free and swam down to get away because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go up. And I came up and started coughing out water. And I'll tell you what, the stressfulness, because... I was confronted with the reality that I am a, a land-dwelling creature. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not um, made for the water. Mm. I can. I can kind of swim in water, but I cannot breathe water. It's there's nothing. It's not going to do any wonders for me at all. I'm going to die. Yeah. And so that's being underwater is not an environment that we can mm. live in. Mm. We can go in there for a while. We can survive for a time. But we have to come back to the surface. Absolutely. Um, and if you go under and you start getting a little bit worried and you come up, that first breath is such a oh, relief, it's a beautiful isn't breath. It? <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. And, you know, in, in a spiritual sense, we can actually apply that ourselves. We know that Adam and Eve, so that they would not uh, perpetuate sin and become immortal sinners, were taken out of the Garden of Eden so they couldn't have access to the Tree of Life, which gives us so our mortality is conditional on eating the Tree of Life. So sin separated us from God. And then also we no longer have access to that tree, which is to perpetuate us. So that, that, that the tree of life, can we can now say, represents oxygen in this sense That's as right. well, you know. So we can go into an environment, and based on the breath we took prior to diving under the water, life can be sustained for a while. 
So in our lifetime, typically 70 years, maybe 80, 90, some people get it to about 100 or so. Mm-hmm. But people don't go a long way over 100 typically, you know, if they're very healthy and they've got some strength of life in them. And so it is with our spiritual life. You know, we can be sustained for a little while in this natural life. And really, we have one go. It's like a probationary period God has given us. We've got one go to understand and know the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because the Bible tells us that he who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son That's right. does not have life. So Jesus can actually represent oxygen to us. Now, in the Bible, we know we've spoken about oxygen. We've spoken about water. Water, they reckon it could be two to seven days or so without water and you're dead, depending on how hot it is. Because in a very hot environment, you could lose a lot of liters of water in a day just by sweating because it's so hot, you know. Even up to a liter liter and a half sometimes for Mm. for an adult in a a hot environment, they can lose that much fluid. So you're you're in trouble. (laughs) That's right. And Jesus tells us in the Bible, of course, that he is the living water. So we have that thing about, you know, being sustained by water. And we know that when God made Adam and Eve, he breathed into their nostrils, the Bible says, the breath of life, and they became living beings. Mm. So here we know that we are connected from God because of your sin, but reconnected through Jesus Christ. And this is something I just want to note here with the Garden of Eden. Mm. Um, obviously, that we're talking about this, this oxygen, this atmosphere that they were breathing. Yeah. Um, we still breathe oxygen as they breathed oxygen. Um, and, and obviously, we live in a in a world that's it's quite broken in the physical yes. physical realm. But what I've been thinking about is what what was the atmos what's a different atmosphere that they were breathing in that garden? Mm. The relational atmosphere, right? So they were breathing an air of relationship and connection with God, where they had they were, they knew that God was good, um, they knew that God was gracious. Um, and when he said things, like he he defined the the reality around them, and when God spoke, they trusted him. Yes, they tr- had a trusting, and it's here we say it, faith. Mm. They had trust in God. They had a friendship with God, and when they sinned, that relationship was was severed. And the Bible says in Isaiah fifty nine, it says, "Your sins have separated you from your God." And so, while Adam and Eve continued to breathe, obviously the air around them physically. The relational oxygen, as it were, of knowing God's goodness and his love and receiving his words and trusting him, that changed. Yes. And it's it's interesting, right? Like we've been living starved of the knowledge of the goodness of God. Yes. It's it's as essential for us as oxygen is to breathe. Mm. You know, for, for those free divers, they go down under the water and they can survive for a while, but then they start to slow down. And they just can't take it anymore and they die. That's right. When, when we do not have a knowledge of God's goodness and his grace, um, it's just we cannot We can survive thrive. for a little while. We can survive for a little it. while. Yeah. A subpar existence. Yeah, <laughs> the body's true. under stress. Life is under stress. Family's under stress. Mm. What we need is a knowledge of God's goodness and his grace. And, you know, um, getting married very soon, I've had to spend um, – my fiancé is from Finland. Yes. And we've spent um, – months at a time apart this year, which is just terrible. <laughs> and it's, I was actually feeling it just, just today um, and many times where you actually feel just how much you miss them. Mm. And it's almost like you're starved of oxygen, r- relational oxygen. Your life is not right while you're apart. Yes. And it's just this almost like an irritation as it were, like you just, life is not right. <laughs> life is not complete. Life is not complete yeah. while that person's so far away. Mm. And we don't recognize it as human beings but what our deep anxiety and longing for is the friendship of God. That's right. And when we are, 
when when God and us are united together, and faith is that binding thing, which is the trust in God, where he proves his trustworthiness and we respond in trust. Um, we can breathe again. Yes. Uh, we can joy. Jesus said, I've come um, that you may have life, mm. that you may have it more abundantly. More abundantly yes. So a better life than we could ever hope for ourselves is found in a relationship with Jesus. Mm. So not only does he sustain our physical life, he also breathes, I guess, the breath of life into our relational um, spiritual life as well. That's right. Yes, it, it does. And uh, it, it reminds me of that um, that text. You know, we're talking about the breath of life, but it also reminds me of that text where Jesus talks to a lady and he asks her for water. Mm. Now, water is the second thing. We said, you know, breathing a few minutes, drinking two to seven days roughly. Now, he offers her water because she's just offered him water. He says, well, look, the water you've given me, if you drink that, you're going to have to come back and drink more because you get thirsty. But whoever drinks the water that I will give, he will never thirst. So what we're saying is Jesus says, I am the living water. If we take Jesus into our lives, he who has the Son has life, we can receive eternal life through him. Matter of fact, we can be transformed and changed. The Bible says that we're transformed and changed into his image from glory to glory by beholding him. Mm. So spending that time, it's like having that spiritual oxygen in which we're breathing continuously. Now, we can try and walk away from it, but if you don't come back to it, you will die. And it's interesting. What people forget is just what – because we we receive the kindness and grace of God, like he, he shows it in so many different ways. Yes. We're benefiting from that. What people don't realize is that there was an experiment done by a German king a few hundred years ago, and he gave a decree that children be put in – like like be separated once they're born, mm. and the nurses that feed them can't speak to them. Yes. They, they can't nurse them or help them. they just got to feed them. Mm. That's all they can do. And um, the children actually died. The, the, the German king had a, had a hunch that um, they would speak German because he wanted yes. to work yeah. out what language they would speak by nature. Mm. They died um, because – and the, the person who was researching that said they died because they were not touched. They did not have connection. They did not have that love and that sympathy and the support that comes – um, from the parents, you know. Yes. So they didn't have that. They were phys- physically fed. They had enough oxygen, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But they died without without love, and 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 that's 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 what God really is addressing here. He he he's wanting to allow us to breathe the the atmosphere mm. of His grace and His goodness. Yes. And anything less than that, it leads to dep- like depression and just like fear and a, a subpar existence, a relation, a, a life where we're afraid. We've got all that kind of stuff. Guilt. Um, and God's goodness and grace kind of is that new atmosphere we breathe. We need that life flowing through us. Now, obviously, we inherit life from our parents, which ultimately goes right back to the creation of Adam and Eve. And we know that that life principle there was affected. Mm. But ultimately, the promise of a Savior has enabled God to keep us alive enough That's right. to choose to reconnect to God because Adam and Eve chose to believe a lie and therefore disconnected themselves from God. But if you look at that principle, you know, about breathing, drinking, and eating to sustain life, there's a principle that comes from the Bible, and Jesus actually quotes it when he goes into combat with the devil. It comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Now, God allows the children of Israel, after they leave Egypt, to experience hunger. They run out of food there for a while, and the Moses reminds of them of this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're reading from verse 2. It says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God fed you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, 
whether you would keep the commandments or not. And then verse 3, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. So they had to see their need of the existence by eating food, but God made them feel hungry first. They could see, look, if we don't get food, we're going to die. We're going to starve. Matter of fact, they were a long way away from death. It was not, God was not fa- making them fast for 40 days. No. <laughs> they were a long way, but they started murmuring, complaining. But then it says, And God fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your father know it, that he may make you know. So there was a lesson in this that God was teaching them. Make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. I love this passage here. Mm. Um, it's interesting that they, they're traveling through the wilderness, the most hostile environment for life. Yes. It's hostile as anything. <laughs> and and they get to a point where the nat, all of their the bread that they were carrying with them, the this that they were carrying with them is running out. They've got nothing left. And all they've got is God's word. What did he say? I will get you to the promised land. Mm. So God's made a promise that he's going to get them there. Now they're like challenged, like, oh, we're running out of food. It's going crazy. And they start to complain. They start to say, oh, God's abandoned us. And then God provides for them. And then the same thing happened with water. The same thing happened over and over again. That's right. And Moses is saying, guys, this is what God was trying to teach you, that if you have a promise from God, it is worth more than having a a big silo full of grain. Mm. If God has made a promise that he will look after you, it's done. That's right. And 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 as they, it's almost like God wanted them to come to the place where just having a promise from God was enough. They're like, that's all I need. If God's promised, that's mm. enough. And so, and that there is establishing a trust with heaven again, rather than trying to solve all the problems down here going, you know what? God is my provider. God yeah. will help me and he's trustworthy. And that's where faith comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the first temptation there is you know, he's 40 days fasting and in uh, you know communion with his father in, uh, in vision. And then the devil then comes to him as an angel of light. And he says, look, your fast is over now. What I want you to do is say to these stones here, which probably look like loaves of bread, turn into bread so you can feed yourself. And then Jesus replies, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Interesting. He wasn't sure that this this angel here was actually from God and was speaking the word of God. And he said, until my father tells me, I don't know who you are, but until my father tells me, my fast is not broken, my fast is not broken. And I will not live by trying to sustain my own life by my own power. I will live by the word of God only. And he quotes from this experience. It's so interesting that they had 40 Years, in the, years in the wilderness. Yes, Jesus had forty days in the wilderness, mm. and he suffered like he didn't eat for forty days. And so he's at a place where his body is screaming out for food. Um, and the the devil comes along and says, "If you are the Son of God," he questions what God has said. God had just forty days prior said, That's "You are my right. son, in you I am well pleased." And so Jesus now has conflicting messages. This person in front of him, this angel, is saying is questioning whether he's the son of God. If, yeah. And Jesus has to choose. Do I is God's word enough? Will I trust what God says or will I look at my situation, evaluate and do my own thing? Mm. And he says, God said that I'm his son and that's good enough for me. The original temptation was the same thing as well, wasn't it? Yep. Said to uh, to Eve, did God really say that you can't eat everything? 
So questioning God's, God's word and God's authority. And here the devil comes with the same temptation. And Jesus must have, in those words, recognized the original temptation that came to humanity, and then making he, them doubt God's word. And then he meets it with it is written. He meets the devil with scripture. That's right, yes. He, he just meets him and says, no, this is fact. Mm. The, 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 this, the Bible, what God says, that's the fact. Um, he did not allow his subjective experience to direct his life. It's so easy for us to like make a decision based upon the situation that we're in rather than asking God, what, what, what's your thoughts about this situation? That is true. You know, we've spoken through this whole program, this series of programs so far, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Mm. And here Jesus says, man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we are to live by the word of God. Now, in the book of Romans, Paul quotes there in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that the just shall live by faith, quoting from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. They basically, in essence, are saying the same thing. If we want to live, if we want to survive, we are to live by every word that comes from God. Mm. That is how we to receive eternal life. And Jesus even said that no, the people need to eat my flesh. They need to drink my blood if they want to have eternal life. Mm, interesting. And then people say, what, do we need to become cannibals? And Jesus <laughs> said, no, I'm talking about it in a spiritual sense because the words that I speak to you, here again, the word of God speaking to us, they are spirit and they are life. You know, I was just recently over in China and I met with the underground church there. And I met a gentleman who had been thrown into prison. He's 95 years old now. He'd been thrown into prison for 23 years in communist China back in the 1957. And he wasn't released till 1980. And he got beaten in prison many times for his faith. Whenever they caught them praying, they would beat them. And he said, 11 times I was unlucky. They caught me praying. But he didn't stop after the first beating, not the second beating, but eight times he was beaten severely, almost to an inch of his life, for, for praying to God. They caught him praying. And he said in prison, many people around him died of starvation just simply because there wasn't enough food. People didn't care about them, didn't care about their life, and occasionally they would get food. It was sporadic. And he said only some, him and a few of the other Christians that he knew, actually survived because there wasn't enough food to go around to sustain their life. But somehow God sustained them. And he basically believed it was the word of God and his faith and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ that allowed him to survive when many other people starved, people who were getting the same amount of nutrition as he was getting. Interesting. So that's an example of people actually living by faith. And it's actually interesting. I've um, been reading a book recently um, by Richard Wormbrand, The Tortured for Christ, Yes, as you have. Mm. And it's so interesting that in that environment, he said even when he was facing tortures, he had such a peace yeah, from God. Incredible? And he said, God was so close to me through those times. He was being starved physically, but he was being fed relationally and spiritually. Mm. He knew that he had a friend. And like, it's amazing, like, in that, in that he had something that others didn't have. He was being, he was breathing an atmosphere of grace. Um, he knew that God cared about him. And how, how, like, how much of a difference that would have made for him, um, just having that knowledge and experiencing that, the grace of God. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, these men would be in prison, and when they were in a sick bay, there was a number of men together. Because often they'd be in cells by themselves, but when they're in sick bay, there'd be a number of guys together. And even in their sickness, they would have Bible studies together. Not that they had a Bible, but they would quote scripture to each other and then sort of encourage each other and preach. And ever they get got caught, whoever was leading the study would get taken out, get beaten, and then we get brought back, and he'd be all bruised and battered and bleeding. And as he goes and sits down, you'd think there will be enough of a discouragement to continue 
to not preach the word of God. Not for these guys. Not these guys. These guys would go, now where was I? Let me, let me, let me continue for where I left off. And they'd keep on preaching the word of God because they loved God so much and they had a peace. Regardless of being beaten, mm. they had a peace and a full confidence in the Lord that whatever happens to them would be in the Lord's hands. It's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. I've got a verse here in, in John chapter 15 because um, it's like a, like a, um, a diver. They've got a certain amount of time that they can function before they run out of oxygen. Um, it's like a person who's recently died. There's a small window of time where they can be resuscitated. Yes. And also when you snip off a branch off a tree, there's a there's a window of time that that can actually be grafted back, back on in, again. That's right. Matter of fact, they can put out green shoots even after they've been severed for a while. It can still look like there's plenty of life in the branch. And it's so interesting. Jesus uses this metaphor and he says in John 15 verse 1, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Mm. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Well, the fact that the tree is bearing fruit and putting out shoots and buds and all that shows that it's alive. Because quite often in winter, some trees can look like they're just dead. But then as spring is about to come and the uh, the atmosphere and the temperature gets a little bit more warmer, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you can see little buds shooting out of this thing, which looks pretty much dead, doesn't it? That's right. And then that life comes. So here we are told in a spiritual sense that if we are connected to the vine and the sap of the vine is running through us, which are the branches – we can bear much fruit. And then Jesus says, in the spiritual sense, without me, you can do absolutely nothing. And what I like about it, verse 7 goes on to say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Interesting. So how are we to have the sap come in us? How are we to have Christ living within us? It is by the word of God. It is by believing the word. And that's so interesting. We've been looking at faith and saying that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Mm. What makes the connection? Between a, this branch that's going to die, it's got no hope, and 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 the and the vine as well. Yes. What makes what makes the difference? What makes the connection? God's word flowing through us, like understanding and comprehending the promises that God has made, and then entrusting dependence, believing that God will keep His word. In that state of trust, mm. dependence on God, that relationship with heaven is locked together, That's fused, right. and life flows through us, and we actually start to bear fruit, which can be a blessing to other people. Mm. But while ever we are disconnected, while ever we have distrust towards distrust, God, yes. while ever we have suspicion towards God, mm. we're basically, the best that we can do is just look half green for a while before we go completely bone dry. That is true. That's the best our lives can be unless we're connected to Christ. Mm. So dear listener, we pray that you would also be connected to Christ and and through Christ by his word and that sap, the sap of his word, that sap of his life flowing in and through your body, which gives you everlasting life. We pray that God will bless you and keep you until we meet with you next time. God bless. for joining us on Faith to Faith. If you would like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 024973 3456 or you can send an email to 
radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We love to hear from you.